Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. And welcome back to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. We are on to season four, episode eighteen. Now, getting to the business end of season four, and I am, as ever, joined by the resplendent John Cassidy. <laughs> you must be going through a, a, an alternative dialect dictionary with all your lovely words you're using. It's good to be here again. Exciting episode, Stephen. It is. It's a topper. I still keep forgetting. People have seen the photo. They came what's in the podcast episode this week. Yep. Yep. Um, we... Our guest needs no introduction. It's Debbie Martin Kinsani, and um, once more, she has raised the bar with her crack, her good humour, and her delivery of um, inspirational chat, shall we say, fresh off the Pennine Way. Right, her shoes aren't even clean yet. Her shoes are no clean. There's still the mark of that plant pot on her backside. <laughs> And she'd come and chatted with us. But she's straight, straighter. Mm. Like she's, she's, she's sorted her lean yeah. out. She speaks yeah. about the bendy body Aye. and all about that. And I see as well, just I think was it today or yesterday, Debbie speaks about Dr. Nikki Ligo, um, who she's been chatting with. And I noticed a chat today that Dr. Nikki Ligo is, give, is doing a wee bit of research about it. And I see there's a wee bit of chat on... It was either Twitter or Instagram, one of the social media platforms where she's asking people if they've experienced that kind of stuff. So that is there. We can link into all that stuff. But Debbie does touch on it in the episode. Yeah. She'll be coming right up. We've got a couple of wee matters to speak about first, but we're not going to hold you for too long because um, our headline act will be waiting in the green room. So I yep. didn't want to keep her too long. Yep, definitely. Definitely. First up, John. Our, mm. One of our staple agenda items. Yeah. Yep. Ang- yep. Anglo Celtic plate gathering of awesomeness. Do, do, do. We need a wee sort of music interlude at that point. Uh, do, do, do. There we go. We'll record that and use that the next time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, 3rd of April, North Inch and Perth. England team's been announced. Yeah. And you know what? It's what's coming we- home. We, t- <laughs> we touch on that in the episode as well. We we send out, it's almost like Darren, the England team manager, was a wee fly in the wall. Because we do a wee sort of, come on in. And there you go. They've been revealed today, um, which is brilliant. And yeah, Matt Bromwich is right in on Twitter. He's got their face painted and the Union Jacks, all that up, man. It's coming home. So brilliant. Well, I kind of reached out to Mark and offered them entry into the Young Hearts Run Free VIP gazebo wristband oh. only entry. <laughs> but I think I'm I'm gonna be hey, going to hey him camp toward the other side of the path. Aye. And his team gazebo. Exactly. And you know what? I'm sure I've seen it the day at the North End. We were doing it at the bean shop getting coffee. We digression there. There's a plaque about a battle that took place on the North Inch. There is. There's definitely Battle of the Clans, John. Battle of the Clans on the North Inch in Perth. You might not see it if you're running around it, but we can take you a wee diversion and show you that. It's an Athol Street. So. Right, that's, that is a good shout. It's up the town end of the North Inch, isn't it? It definitely is, yeah. yeah. And another observation about the North Inch, they've put a dirty big tarmac path right in the middle of it. 
I will hate to make sure none of the, the athletes take that path, end up at the golf hut. Exactly. So, yeah, well, we could maybe steer some of them down there on accident on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but that's standing with your arm out or a cone. But that 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 will cause a bit of it has caused a bit of contention because it's cut right into the north inch, isn't it? A path to save the golfers getting dirty shoes, I think. Something like that. It must be what it's for. I can't can't work it out because they're away go around 18 holes yeah fairways and mud and stuff but anyway that's we'll not get involved in the do's and don'ts of it no 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 we'll not worry about that we'll not worry about that however we are looking very much forward to the gathering of awesomeness all we yeah. need now is a Welsh contingent to reveal come on the Welsh don't know what it's doing aye I was going to say canny lads but that's not the Welsh but anyway no no um, no aye so we're looking forward to hearing that Welsh announcement we must say again, though, um, you can still sign up for the Open Race. Anybody listening in, and you know what? After listening to this episode and listening to what Debbie's got to say about the ACP, that may swing a few folk. No harsh Teaser alert. Hang Aye. on for that one. So, definitely. yeah, that's our ACP covered this week. Countdown yep. is definitely on now. Hopefully conditions will not be as blustery and windy as we had last weekend. And I know that a number of listeners were taking part in Pylon Exposure Dark. Yeah. Um, a massive well done to everybody who laced up and went outside and ran in that really challenging conditions. But or do we say challenging or do we say character building, Stephen? We say sumptuous, man. It's good to be alive Ooh. running in the wind. Aye, oh, getting the wind all... in your... It all builds you a, a better all-round athlete at the end of the day. Exactly. Come the spring when there's no wind and you've been running in the wind for hours and end, you'll be like, first. Aye, rather than have the wind on your bus, you'll have a big smile. <laughs> there's a t-shirt. <laughs> so, yes, but so well, well done everybody done, that was there. It was, it was you... great keeping up with it all on social media and you know the pylon guys again done a brilliant job of um, staging it and hosting it this virtual event but making it everybody feel together and hopefully we'll find out soon how much they managed to raise for their chosen charities and it will be a a real worthwhile cause um, that it was all done for but well done everybody who completed the three six or nine hour efforts hope you rewarded yourself well Hope you're, still, hope you're still rewarding yourself. Yeah. And, oh, aye. I've seen the numbers, the digits that they were getting dealt. Oof. Aye, definitely. Um, I unfortunately couldn't do it. I said last week I was hoping to be part of it, but... Um, big, Mr. A big, Mr. big sale at the bakery on Saturday morning, so that <laughs> <in> priority. <laughs> well, but Mr. Niggly Calf showed up and... Uh, Against my, well, sorry, no, following my better judgment, um, I chose not to run. Um, There's been a change in my mindset. Previously, I would have went out and just did my very best and probably injured myself and been out for a month or six weeks. Um, But I went out for, I said last week, I was going out for a run after our chat. I think I did about three and a half, four miles. By two and a half miles in, I knew I wasn't doing it. I probably put myself back a wee bit by by completing that run so i've chosen i chose not to run pylon exposure dark i've chosen to withdraw from the fourth for multi-terrain which i'm gutted about because i really enjoyed that the last time they've got a belter of a buffet when you're finished what a spread i might still go up for that 
well, no, I'll get thirsty. I can throw water on myself. See, I've been doing it. Um, no, so I've decided to do that. So my next event is that gathering of awesomeness. I'm going. I'm now in recovery slash preparation mode. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I feel good about it now that I've made the decision. John, I'm proud of you. It shows a sign of running maturity. That Thanks, man. Has taken a long time to bed in, but I'm glad Aye. that you're making these wise decisions, and your future self will thank you. You bet. Gobsmacked to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sure if I was saying it with my tongue and my cheek or serious, but actually a wee bit of beef. I'm not bothered because I had my eyes closed and just letting it wash over me. It gave me a warm, fuzzy well, feeling. I like well, that. You mentioned about how windy it was at the weekend. We touch yeah. on wind, windy running. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean him, windy. I mean running oh, right. in the wind. Yes. In our episode with Debbie as well, because it's something that seems to be pretty prevalent just now. So if you've got any windy um, tips that you're needing around about running, <laughs> then yeah. stay tuned. Um, but the ultra that was scheduled to take place at Shatley Row Country Park last yeah. Saturday was also subject to cancellation because of the the weather, because of the yeah. wind, because of the amount of fallen trees over the course. But I noticed that they've they've just pushed it back a week to this weekend. So oh, hopefully, if you had trained up and you'd been gearing up for that one, that one week sort of delay, one you can still do it as in getting all the priorities of life. And yeah, yeah. you know, and, and a week's difference will, will no make too much to your when you were peaking for it. So if you're doing that that's brilliant. this weekend that's now, then, then then go go get it. That's good news. I I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, hopefully everybody can still manage along. But yeah, if you can only make it, don't stress about it. There'll be other races that you can you can use all that training for that you've you've put in. Talking about training, talking about wind. I spoke with you last Saturday. You were you were going today a windy training run. How did you go on? And was, how are you getting on? I well, I'm a month into my pylon tracks coaching now, and I'm really enjoying that whole experience, the structure, the discipline, the accountability, all these things that we've spoken about before. Yeah, it, it's it's really starting to click. Um, we've we've had a sort of laugh and a joke about training peaks and how so I'm now uh, um, that is I obey anything that comes through my, my training peaks or try to obey my training peaks instructions and then try and not get as many any red red segments in my pie people who use training peaks will know what that means i didn't a month ago now i do so your your pie chart shows your compliance and you want it all green so i've noticed chat on social media i think between owen and ross we're talking and maybe kelly um kerry sorry I think they were talking about red and orange pie segments. I now yeah. understand what they're talking about. They're not talking know? about trivial pursuit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. So yeah. training peaks is something new to me coming in my horizon, but now I feel I understand it so much more. Yeah. We also speak to Debbie about training peaks because Debbie is now a coach with Pylon as well. She is indeed. And we, we touch on that and some of the motivation that she takes out of being a coach and also some of the you know, she touches on some of the inspirational people that she's coaching, and that that, that was really good to hear. I, I was listening intently. Aye, at one no. point, she was speaking to me. Why, well, me too? A couple of times. A couple <laughs> of times, I think well, she was. <laughs> but um, yes, Debbie is. Um, well, 
Debbie's always always worth listening to, regardless yeah. if she's the co-host or if she's a guest as she was. Um, and we cover a whole spectrum of things in Debbie's running life, which is a, a lot of stuff. Um, we cover a lot of it um, in the episode. Yeah. We're just about getting to that Debbie bit, but I've got to speak about a new thing that's just landed this week. Hour 7? Hour 7 Ultra Team. Yeah, I've seen Oof. that on Robbie. I've seen that on Robbie Britton's feed. Robbie's involved in a management capacity with Hour Seven. Aye, aye. It's it's very much a new for me a new concept. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and I think that the flag for me was Robbie, but Joe Murphy's in there. She has not half. Have you seen the photo shoot? Aye, she's like oh, a yeah. gazelle, like she a gazelle is leaping over a couple of rocks. I was like, aye. woof. Aye, but there's already been a comment. There's only six of them in our seven, you know. But I said, well, Joe's worth two, right? So, but um, it's quite exciting. Obviously, reserving a place for John Cassidy. Well, Ken, I was reading all the script on their website. So we'll put the links to the website. And honestly, man, I just thought they're just dangling a carrot for the old Johnny boy. They're probably <laughs> waiting to get in touch with your agent, me, aye, just to... Aye. to Broker some kind of deal, Ken. Okay. Either that, or we'll start fucking our seventeen team. <laughs> we'll, we'll be ten hours behind them. <laughs> Brilliant, man! I love that. I love that. Uh, oh, you came oh, where boy. we are, Robbie. You came where we are. Right, definitely, man. Just give us a buzz. Just Couple slide into your. The folks still slide into your DMs, or is that changed now? Uh, let's say they still slide your DMs with an offer of a couple of pies a week and then we're all yours. <laughs> we're not dear. We're not dear. Let's get to the main event. Let's get to Debbie. What is yeah, let's introduce Debbie Martin Consani, the current champion of the spine race. And let's just be inspired with her story of the last month, but also all the other stuff that she brings to the table, which is um rich and delightful as ever enjoy a very warm welcome back to young hearts run free podcast friend of the show sometimes even co-host of the show debbie martin Kinsani. how you doing debbie uh hi lads i am great thanks thanks for having me on again <laughs> I th- is this time for debbie's did debbie get the football this week Stephen? is this a third time mm-hmm. yeah yeah hat trick I think it's a hard trick as a guest. She was a hard no, trick as a guest. A few yeah. times as a co-host. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys should just retire and I'll just take over. You're part of the furniture now, Debbie. Uh-huh. Well, we'll get to that discussion, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> He's not told me yet. <laughs> Breaking me in, Jeremy. We're organising a coup. <laughs> Brilliant. But we are here this evening to speak predominantly about your most recent achievement of being first female finisher in the spine race, which we will say that probably many, many, many times over the course of the the recording. But it was what two weeks ago? Was it two yeah, weeks ago? Yeah, just, just over two weeks. I finished on the Thursday, so two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So the first question I have is, how has your recovery been between now and then? How are the legs? Have you ran since then? Uh, yeah, my recovery's going okay. I think I had some serious swelling in my uh, ankles and my feet, but I expected that. 
Um, I think if anyone saw my my finishing video, they would obviously wonder what was going on with my back. Um, mm. Yeah, so I had a bit of a back issue for a couple of days, but to be honest, as soon as I took the pack off, it it started to I started to straighten up, put it that way. Um, but not just not just in my head being straight, actually physically standing up straight. Um, so yeah, once I took the pack off, and then the next day it was okay, but it was just like really stiff and sore. But I think it would have been anyway because you know the pack that you have to carry is quite a substantial weight. Um, and I'm not a substantial weight, so it's uh, it's quite debilitating. Um, so yeah, the back was a wee bit sore. My uh, feet were fat. My ankles were sore. A bit tired. Couldn't stop eating. Um, but no, generally I feel okay. I, I've done a few wee runs um, with mixed results. I was down mm-hmm. in London working all week, and I did a few runs there and felt great. And then I went out and stormed Malik yesterday and felt like. I've been battered with a sledgehammer. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay. I'm considering what I put my body through. Um, I actually feel all right. It will take me a wee while to get over. You know, I've done a few these tight events on that scale. And I think realistically it takes me a good 8, 10, 12 weeks just right. to get back to feeling that nice zippiness that you sometimes get. <laughs> Those days are few and far between. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can always go out running like two weeks later and I start to feel okay but there's that deep fatigue and you know really heavy legs it takes a wee while to shake off so generally and all right. I think we've spoken before about the the night sweats and stuff that happen after these these sort of events but yeah. you mentioned about your bag and what I refer to I think is the bendy body finish right <laughs> and I was like what's going on because you come doing that come doing that hill and I must say as well very rarely I can only think of one, maybe even one time before that Steve and I have come back on and done a recording. We were just up to high door because perhaps she's going to finish the day. I was in Tesco's watching the dot, getting stamps to post out the buff bus. And I'm like, I was in some senior book. management meeting. <laughs> I tried to pretend that I was paying attention. Yeah, the back was, um, yeah, I mean, someone had spotted at the day before um, when I, the guys John who had run in the Lakeland race with a few times came out to see and he was like you're leaning a wee bit and I didn't think I was and now when I'm looking back at some of the race photos it started way earlier than I thought it had um, but I just didn't feel it at the time um, but it wasn't really till the last day when I was going over the Cheviots that it really started to be quite debilitating um, you know I kept having to take my pack off and lie down on the grass just to take some weight off it and just mm-hmm. to be able to move forward um but yeah i mean up until the last few miles the last few miles into Kirkyetham were utterly excruciating and bless him poor, poor adrian had come down and he was like driving alongside and trying to take pictures and he was like all emotional because adrian's just you know he's an all-round great guy and he could see the pain I was in and he was so happy for me. So he was getting all emotional. And I'm like, Adrian, I can't handle this right now. Um, and uh, I actually thought I was going to have to DNF a, qu- a half mile from the town. I was in such a bad way. Was it? Yeah. Um, but in my head, I was like, right, there's a the finishing line. Straighten up, straighten up. Go for it. And I looked at that video and I was like, in my head, I thought I was straight. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like to do in style. I like to go for maximum attention, don't I? Um, I but yeah, as soon as I took the pack off, it, it started to get better. But it was, yeah, it was. I was not in a good way. Um, but then two years before when I did it, my shins were on fire and I really struggled to walk. So maybe there's always going to be one issue that just gets considerably worse and I knew it wasn't gonna well the shins was I could walk but I couldn't run and um but yeah uh I can't I can't watch that finishing video it just it's it's too it's too hard to watch when I see myself like that you don't need to worry about that because you're getting your hits up (laughs) I watch it almost daily I absolutely love it We've got loads of questions. Stephen, I'm not going to hog this. I'm wanting you, you, you feel free to batter in with some questions as well. Cheers for that, John. Aye. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Danny, Danny had a bit now. I'll be right back in. Go on. <laughs> it's like he's like battered no? It's like he's like been a coiled spring. But no, John, you, you lead the way, man. You, you always do. Go for it. Okay, I'm back in. Right. So... We're speaking a wee bit about the, the recovery there and you're spoken about you know how your body is. Is that simply something that you've learned? You've had a fantastic, distinguished career, not finished yet by a long chalk, but is it stuff that you've learned that now gives you that knowledge of how your body is and how you will recover? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I've learned it the hard way just by doing it. Um, but, you know, I've been running for it'll be 20 years next week um and um yeah I think my legs are quite conditioned um yeah I've learned things through experience I would say I'm a lot mentally tougher way more resilient um which you know I've just put myself in some situations that I know I can pull myself out of um so yeah I think it's just all the experience and all the miles in my legs and uh just all the learning I've done that I've got the experience to know how to handle things and to know how I'm going to handle things after the race as well. Okay, I've got to do a wee fan moment, all right? Okay. If you if you if you listen back to if you listen back to the, the episode where Steve and I were speaking about the spine predominantly when it was coming to its climax or that sort of stuff, I said I'm not going to speak about Debbie anymore. I wasn't want to fucking make it bad. Do you know what Jinx, I mean? Because it. yeah, because you were so close, but what? had emerged that week is that things can change very very quickly of so course. i was yeah. i was wasn't want to say anything that might uh, as Stephen says jinx it but um i i need not have worried because no was, i know i mean as you say you know the, the, the you know the fields changed so quickly and no one well me especially i wouldn't have thought in a million years that i was going to be leading and leading from monday lunchtime you know, mm. it just everything, just the makeup of the race changed so quickly, and you know, fall. I, I wasn't really aware of what was going on behind me, but when I was going into checkpoints, because there was so much shocking news up ahead, you know, everyone was talking about it, and you know, it'd be like Kim's dropped out, Damien's dropped out, Eugenie's dropped out, you, you know, Ian's in the lead, and it was like all those things. I mean, all of these these really strong, um, amazingly talented guys and girls were just you know, dropping like flies and it was, so yeah, I mean, anything can happen right up to the, I mean, there's people who have DNF'd, I think Eugenie DNF'd one year at Hut 2 um, yeah. and he had to get rescued from there. I think he was, I don't know if it was the same year or the year after, that he collapsed um, and 
someone had to press his button and he was only like a few miles out from the end and I think yeah there's just uh, there's just so many things that can yeah. happen and go uh, go wrong because when you found yourself in the lead yeah because um Sabrina had had fallen out Steve and I were exchanging whatsapp messages going listen if anybody can handle this it's Debbie Kinsani right she's very- yeah She's sound, but it's there is still such a long, long way to go, and so many things can happen, and a lot of other things did happen. But for you, and you mentioned about mentally and mindset, what's that like to then be in the lead? Yeah, I mean, just, for just to go back to talking about Sabrina, um, you know, obviously, Sabrina's like the queen when it comes to the winter spine race or anything in really tough conditions. She's a formidable woman I've got so much respect for her and it was sad for me to see her drop out um but you know it wasn't the Sabrina show there were still a lot of other really talented women that were on that start line so you know you've got Anna Troop who's you know needs no introduction everyone knows how strong Anna is and then there was Elaine who pushed me every step of the way and you know Nikki Summers and there was just other people um Laura Swanson phenomenal phenomenal trail runner um so it wasn't just about Sabrina there was a lot of women in that race who were super qualified super talented really strong fierce women um so even without Sabrina in the race I was still shocked to find myself where I was and it wasn't because that was my race strategy it wasn't my plan if anything I got there because I was sticking to my plan all I wanted to do was just run within my own ability just stay in my low gears and um, just see what happens I think I've got enough experience now to know that if I just stick to my own race plan things will just fall into place um, and if it wasn't about a position or a time, it was more about me just doing the best that I could. You know, I made some mistakes in 2020. I was probably a little more cautious because everything was about preserving myself to make sure I got to that finish line. Whereas this time, having that finish under my belt, I could be um, probably just a little less cautious. I mean, I wasn't, you know, being reckless or anything, mm-hmm. but... Um, and I knew how to handle things better. Um, but yeah, just going back to that, you know, when Sabrina dropped out and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a lead of a spine race. This is absolutely crackers. Um, but it wasn't a comfortable position. I really didn't want to be there. It wasn't what I was expecting to happen. And I'd kind of gone from doing my own thing to then worrying about where other people were and maybe I pushed on a little bit too much there or um yeah so for about 24 hours I just felt like my head was getting kicked in because all of a sudden Mm. I'd gone from living my best life doing my own thing to feeling really under pressure you know like on the first day I didn't really have that much attention and then the set this when I got into the lead the next thing there was cameras and drones and cameras in my face wanting interviews and I was like (laughs) this is not what I wanted to happen and I did feel really under pressure and then I kind of got going into Tuesday night I think it was I had to have a really stern word for myself and I was like you know this is not what you're here to do you're just here to do your best and if your best is the best on in the event then it will all come together um so I just had to knock it right back and stop putting myself under so much pressure 
um because i knew whatever i was doing at that point i was doing my best and i was doing right. everything that i could to yeah. run the best race i could so That's... yeah I, mean, I would had a good 24 hours where i just felt really edgy and stressed and pressured and it was not where i expect i wasn't expecting to be in that situation i wasn't expecting to be in that position so i didn't really prepare to handle it the best i could so it took me a long while to dig myself out of that that's I love the fact that you're saying you had a word with yourself though Stephen sorry you I know I think I mean I'll not repeat it because you know in case someone's yeah. in the car yeah, with our family <laughs> but John, John said that we we were exchanging messages um and and we were saying that's like I wonder how that feels to all of a sudden yeah be in the lead and that changes the whole mindset and I think you've just explained that yeah like, yeah, like I mean, I never expected at any point to be in the lead. I thought if I had a good day, I might sneak on the podium. But that wasn't my goal. I wasn't there to compete with anyone else. Um, and I think it took the pressure off me because the field was so stacked and I wasn't one of the key players. So it did take the pressure off me. And maybe that's the way Ian felt as well. Um, I think we both probably followed quite similar race strategies. I think he's probably a little bit more aggressive and has plans than I am I think um, you know he really pushed to get in the lead as well so whereas I found myself in the lead <laughs> um, and you know I, I did have to work to maintain that position so yeah I, mean, I think the way the races unfold were completely different for us but I think our mindsets are probably quite similar. Was there a reason and this is a question that I had in my mind was there a reason at all that this year there seemed to be a lot of sort of dropouts at the at, at the sharp end. Yeah. W- was was that because of any reason, or was yeah, it just? I don't know. I mean, I, I would, Yeah, I wouldn't like to speculate because everyone has different reasons. But mm-hmm. you know, it could be pressure. It could be pacing. There was obviously injuries that came from maybe one of the the other things. Mm-hmm. But you know, these some of these guys have done and girls have done like some really chunky FKTs over the last summer um, and during lockdown and maybe they had some underlying fatigue or niggles that have come out of that I mean I know from speaking to a few people few of these like Anna had struggled with injury after she had a phenomenal summer and you know Sabrina has done her Wainwrights and then sacked it after a couple of days and then went back a week later and did it they're you know formidable athletes and probably can bounce back from that but you know, I think uh, I think they've all done some chunky stuff over the last couple of yeah. years. But, I mean, Damien pulled out because he had an injury. Anna had an injury and then she fell quite a lot in the snow. Um, Sabrina was quite <laughs> quite um, honest and she just said she was knackered. Um, when I met her at Hawes, she was just really honest. There was no excuses. She just like, I'm just, I, I won't use the words that she used. Um <laughs> But she was just honest and said that she's just knackered and wasn't feeling it. And, you know, that, that that that's fine. But, you know, especially if you've done the Pennine way a few times, you know, like Damien and Anna and Sabrina, you know, this, maybe maybe their head wasn't in it. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. really want to speculate. They, they no, all no. had their reasons. That's fair enough. And, like, the terrain this year, I know it differs every year depending upon what the weather's like on the week and also what it's like being on the... But, Martin spoke last week, and this was his first exposure to yeah. doing race. Obviously, for you, it wasn't. It w- was it boggier than usual? 
Was it? Oh, the pen I made is always boggy, even yeah. in the latest summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, as Martin said, you know, the first day we had a way lot more snow than I was expecting, which is weird because it was January and, you know, we had deep snow in Glasgow when we left. Um, but yeah, so there was a lot of snow. It was beautiful. It was really nice. And it's kind of nice to get some spiny weather. Um, I think the good thing for us was the bad or the winter weather was really front loaded. So you just knew that once you got the first couple of days off, there was going to be some really nice weather. Um, yep. Yeah, it was boggy. There was a lot of those flagstones you talked about. You know, they, they've got a layer of ice and then a layer of water. And you can't tell how deep the water is. So people were just decking it all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, it's really boggy. I don't know, maybe it was boggier the last time I did it because, you know, we had the storm as well, which probably dumped a load of rain on it. Um, I think if you were to, you know, comparison-wise, the weather was considerably better this time because, you know, you didn't have a named storm. Um, And the snow hit on, like, Tuesday, whereas we had the snow on the first day where you can handle things when you've got daylight. So... Um, Wednesday and Thursday were beautiful days, like absolutely stunning. Um, but windy, so yeah, I mean it's hard to compare. But I would say pound for pound, it was better this time weather-wise for sure. What was your draw for going back? Um, I don't know. I mean, I you know I think we spoke about this last time. I still really struggled to articulate why I wanted to go back, but I just knew in my heart I wanted to give it another go. And it might have been like lockdown and options and, you know, uh, but I was signed up for 2021 um, yeah. and obviously that rolled over. Um, so, yeah, I, I still don't know why I wanted to go. Um, I'm glad you did. But yeah, I'm I, bet, so I bet you are. Too. And you know yeah. what? In October last year, you did the um, 100 mile thing then in England somewhere. Right? Yeah, Reading. Yeah. And... I'd, sorry, just a wee flashback, the wee video of you walking afterwards, like Donald Duck across the car parts just came into my mind. But October to January isn't there a big gap. So what, where I'm trying to go with this and try to formulate a question in my head is training for the spine race. Did that ever stop from the last time you were there? Or was it always in your mind you were going back and you're preparing for that? Or was there anything, anything specific that you did from last summer to to the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I think everyone's training changed over the last couple of years. And um, yeah, so I think when going into the first one in 2020, I probably did a lot more pack training. I definitely spent more time out in the course. I had quite a few days out um, doing some reccees and familiarising myself with the course. Um, I probably spent more time running with a heavy pack because I was still working full time in the office. So I did some commutes. Yeah. Um, with a heavy pack um and then 20 when i trained for the 2021 race i kind of knew there was no way that that was going to happen because obviously covid had gone a little bit batshit crazy back then as well um and i thought it was going to happen for 2022 because you know the run up to christmas with the omnicrom and we weren't quite sure how that was going to pan out and it was just you know i was 50 50 whether it was going to go ahead or not so, yeah, I mean, I did a few runs with my big pack. That was all I really did that was different, to be honest. Um, I didn't do as much specific training for it. Um, and maybe that's why my back 
was so messed up because of it yeah, because I, I hadn't but I think there's there's so many reasons why that happens you know it could have been the pack it could have been the distinct lack of sleep it could have been the mud it you know, it could have been, it could have been, it could be saying, yeah, it could be the, the exertion of doing stupid things. There's just there's so many reasons why that happened. I don't think anyone knows why we, some people get this ultra lean. It's not something that happens all the time, but I don't think there's any rhyme or reason. I had a good chat with uh, a doctor, Nikki Ligo, who's doing some research into it. She phoned me a couple of days after the race and obviously Damien with his FKT, that was a, and his famous lean, but his was more neurological. So he was like completely gone with the fairies, whereas I was quite coherent. I was just physically not in a good place. So I don't think there's any specific reason why it happens, but it's quite scary because I was convinced I was having a stroke. You know, there was like, my feet, I mean, we laugh now, but I was looking down at my feet when I was running and my feet just were not going the way my brain was telling them to go. It was just... It was just the weirdest thing. Yeah. Nikki Ligo, she's a fantastic person on Twitter as well when these events are oh, taking yeah. place. And she's and the... so wise. She's so clever. She's, yeah. a, she's a very, very smart lady. I think um, I watched so a walk. So it was great. Not a walk, a talk. Ali Bevan spoke with her. I think it's part of the Sheffield thing. Oh, really? Um, oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. She's very, very, very smart and she gets it. So she's not one of these doctors that will go ah, well just don't run you know she gets it and she tries to and she's I actually had a really good chat with her and it really it was really comforting to know like speak to someone because I didn't want to do that thing where I came off and google it because before you know you've got terminal cancer or something the time you it. so I thought I'm not going to google it because you just get like all this scary stuff so it was really because like the medics were like following me around the whole last day and sending cars out to check on me because they were convinced it was a symptom of rhabdo so when i was going across mm. the tvs i was like great i've got rhabdo and i'm having a stroke i'm not even gonna make it to the end here and you've got adrian following you taking pictures. adrian following me crying and i'm like i've got Wrong. rhabdo i've got term i'm terminal i'm having a stroke and you're crying can we, can we, you'll maybe explain this better than Steve or I could, or I'm taking uh, responsibility for that. Rhabdo, can you explain just briefly what that is? Yeah, it's just basically kidney failure. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, usually brought on by uh, taking ibuprofen, which I think is one of the key things. Um, not necessarily, but it's basically like salts and electrolytes depletion um, and excess, excessive exercise sometimes mixed in with painkillers and uh, yeah your kidneys just pack in yeah so loads of information on that on the internet google it if you want to dear <laughs> listener yeah. yeah but be careful that's one of the reasons why they don't want you to take in these kind of drugs when you're doing these ultra marathons isn't it so that's that that's the reason for yeah, that yeah but obviously it's scary for medics as well and um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if the lean is a symptom of it i'm led to believe now that it's probably not but again it's one of those things that nobody has the right or wrong answers to mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah that there is some key symptoms but as you know with these things other symptoms could happen as well and it wouldn't be too far removed to think that that could have been happening at the time so I've I've seen guys I remember I did the Barcelona marathon we were running along the waterfront in Barcelona and this guy was doing the bendy body thing oh really I've, I've seen, seen it before and I've, I'm I've laughing at them look at that you're right I said you're right and 
by chance he could speak English. He wasn't he, he wasn't from the UK. But um yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he was totally with it, having a conversation with me, but he was doing the full almost forty five degree hang. I was like, and they bother me. I would say get a wee glass of water or something, you'd be fine. Yeah, I remember talking to Matt Green who's from Summit Fever Um he does all the films over and he was like, uh, are you drinking enough? And I was like, why? And he's like, you're a bit leaning. And I was like, shit, someone's already told me that, so it must be true. <laughs> and I was like, he was taking pictures. And I was like, I need to drink something because I do not want to look like Damien in the end of my photos. <laughs> and he was laughing. And then I look at the photos and think, I only wish I could look as straight as Damien. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, no, Stephen, sorry, man. I've got to ask this question because it's relevant. Debbie Go just mentioned... It. Debbie's just mentioned Pack, and I want to speak about Kit. Did Did you change? We spoke about the last time about Kit and the sleeping bags and all that sort of stuff. Did you change any Kit from last time to this time? Yeah, I had a new pack this time um, because last time the, it wasn't so easily accessible, so there wasn't that many front pockets on the pack. So I probably left things too late to like change gloves get food, get a head torch, all those things. That was some of my classic mistakes is just not having easy access to the things I needed because it was just a pain in the arse to take my rucksack off. Yeah, to take your rucksack off to get dry gloves was like, oh, I'd rather die from hypothermia than just, you know. <laughs> and at which point my I head torch would go out and then my hands wouldn't work to get the head torch. And oh, it was just, so this time I had a pack that had more pockets in the front. And I made sure I had easy access. Like I always had a head torch spare. I always had food handy. I always had gloves at the front. All those things that I would need quick access to, to so that I could deal with things as and when they arose rather than wait until it was too late. So the pack. But other than that, um, you know, you had to have a waterproof bivy rather than one of those emergency bivvies um, this time. So, I mean, the kit didn't really change that. There's a few additions to the kit because last year, a couple of the checkpoints weren't going to be open, so you'd, some people would have to bivy outside early on, um, and they didn't change that back. So, um, yeah, there was a few additions, a few minor changes, but other than that, it was pretty much still the same. Still here, your expensive sleeping bag. I still got my expensive sleeping bag. I still haven't slept. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I say something? I watched a video, a spine video, and, and there was somebody... Um, waiting to get your autograph or something oh was, yeah I, he was there he was there last year he uh, filmed me for his youtube channel is that what uh, it was? he came out and he was in this farm and it was like derelict is the only that way the guy, I in, that the guy in the blizzard the last time it was pitch black and uh, he came out and he was like uh, i'm filming for my youtube channel and i was like ah, fair enough so i had a chat with him and i completely forgot about it and then someone in my work had like he must have googled like spine race or something on youtube and he went i've just found a video of you talking to this farmer guy um and i <laughs> forgot he's a lovely guy he's uh, and it was um, this year you were you were sort of going i know i was kind of like what's going on but he was asking for everyone's autograph to be uh, so that, he just loves the race and he comes out and he must have been out like all through the night and stuff so yeah, he's yeah. Get his youtube um channel <laughs> oh i see exactly. it he's just uh he was a lovely guy it's just a bit surreal sanding yeah 
But yeah, yeah, I could yeah. tell that by the look in your face. It looked I surreal. just remembered him from last time, that's why. I was thinking it was the Japanese film crew who was oh, joining yeah. you last time. They <laughs> sign an M this time. What? No sign of them. Although the chap that was the Japanese guy that I ran with last time, Taro, he was actually in it for this year, but I think maybe from restrictions or various reasons he didn't right. make it over. So, yeah, I didn't. I'm glad I didn't have the Japanese film crew. Yeah. What? Talking about. Um, Oh, sorry. I'm thinking about age stations. What was the best thing that you ate on the course? The vegan lasagna at Alston. Yeah. The the uh, Alston lasagna now has its own Instagram page. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. <laughs> Are you writing this down? We're both writing yeah. it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's quite, it's amazing. But apparently the record was broken. Some chap had eight portions. John, I was I was at my work. I'm I was literally at throwing down the gauntlet here. <laughs> oh, didn't he, didn't he challenge me to food? Please, didn't he do that? I would I would sign up the, for a spine race to, to take on that challenge, but I'm not really doing that. This well, is I not think a he commitment. Had four portions, then went for sleep, and then got up and had portions. He's a legend. But if you check out Alston lasagna on Instagram, you'll probably see a picture of him. And was it one of these things that you just, it was the right thing at the right time yeah. for you? I think you just want like hot food, but mm-hmm. you know, real comfort food. So there was like stews and soups. Oh, John, you'd be in your element. Oh, it was man. just dynamite. You would literally never get out of checkpoint. You'd be, <laughs> you'd be pushing the cutoffs just for that reason. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. You've got them well sussed Also, <laughs> another thing, the big question I've got is how much over the course of what was it five days Sunday morning eight o'clock was it five into five days how much sleep in total did you have over that period I think it was just over four days 104 hours I had just less than three hours sleep in total in total and how were they chunked up sorry can you remember I, that um, detail yeah yeah about 110 miles was the first one and I slept I tried to sleep for 45 minutes but I probably slept for about 20 minutes when I got into Alston where the lasagna the famous lasagna is I was absolutely ruined um uh, coming off Crossfell, I just you know it was icy I got lost in the fog um I couldn't stay on my feet. I've never, ever been so tired in my life. I just could not. I was falling asleep on my feet. I was staggering all over the place. I was hallucinating. So when I got in there, I went to sleep and I set my alarm for an hour. And then I must have woke up and fell back asleep and then woke up an hour later, like raging with myself. But then I realised I actually just needed two hours sleep. So I tried to sleep at Bellingham. I spent like an hour trying to sleep, but I couldn't because it was freezing. And then I slept in the bivvy for 20 minutes out on the Cheviots. So. And was it one of these, we've heard the people having five minute naps and you wake up and you feel refreshed. That's 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 enough for your brain to think, yeah, I'm good to go. See, if if you get like five minutes i'm not quite sure i think it would take you too long just to even slightly doze off um it wouldn't be long enough but see if you get like a 20 minute half an hour sleep it's just amazing how much that does just to even uh you know just to get your brain a rest a shutdown um because sometimes it's just like your brain just doesn't 
work it's just become defunct because you're so tired so even just having a quick cat nap really does make a world of difference obviously you'd be better off having an hour or two hours or but yeah I spent a lot of time in checkpoints trying to sleep and I couldn't but the one at Alston was a two-hour one and I really needed that. Stephen you say you couldn't was that because you're you were cold or what was what just was... adrenaline you know yourself Aye. like after an ultra you feel like really tired but you can't sleep or yeah so it could just be like your legs are really restless and you know your body's still on the go but your brain just won't shut down can i as a part of it that was at all the feeling of looking over your shoulder that especially you know from the monday yeah it was it was um yeah i mean that was i I was aware of that because I didn't really know where everyone was and yeah if you go and sleep for too long and someone doesn't but then the race like can change um throughout the day be- the, the week because you don't know who's sleeping and who's stopping and who's yeah. not and people can leapfrog back and forward and it's almost like f1 pit stopping yeah do you know so if you're dot watching like if kim and you know, Damien were still racing the whole way. Like, Damien might sleep at one aid station, Kim might sleep at the other, and they could just leapfrog and they could just change positions just on the basis of where they're stopping and starting. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was on my mind, but I know that I need to sleep when I'm really tired. Um, I know from experience what it's like trying to move when you're absolutely exhausted. Um, and I also know that just having like that short sleep, you can just, that forward momentum is just so much quicker and more fluid when you've just rested. That, yeah, that I mean, I, I was aware of it. And I was aware, like, at one point I went into Middleton, which is about, oh, Chris, I don't know. <laughs> oh, how far is it? Maybe about 150 miles. No, maybe less than 140 miles. And uh, I was in there for an hour and 40 minutes faffing, do you know? And when I came out, Elaine was going in and I was raging with myself because I'd just spent an hour and 40 minutes just sitting there, just talking to people. And um, But I needed that. I needed that rest. I needed that downtime. And I was raging because I'd had quite a good lead and I'd just let it completely... I mean, I'd just fucked it basically I just let it slip because I was just sitting there but in hindsight I just needed that downtime because mm-hmm. the next section I was storming um because I just felt rested um so I did need it but at the time you just think I just wasted all that time but resting and recuperating and fueling is not time wasted because you just gain it back when you feel stronger when you're moving maybe too and I'm I'm not expecting you to answer this with a definite answer, Debbie. But maybe seeing Elaine spurred you on as well. Your, yeah, I mean definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent it yeah. did. But I know that I felt so fresh, um, and I know how I felt the last time when I did that section because um, I felt so awful, and I got to like coming up to high cup neck which is absolutely beautiful and I was in such a mess there last time because it snowed and when I talk about my head torch going out and my gloves and I just uh, I got there and it, it was a beautiful sunset um, and I just felt physically and mentally so much stronger than I was there two years ago and that gave me a massive boost as well thinking I got there 
and mm-hmm. I was in such a good place. Um, but yeah, it did it did spur me on. She certainly kept me on my toes, and I've you know I've made no secret of that. But yeah, I always thought I was wasting time, but you know in hindsight, I was probably doing the best that I could. Mm-hmm. It's like the return on investment, isn't it? It's like hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember that... last year, you know, Taro, the Japanese guy. I remember at the same point in Alston, he came in just behind me, and I'd slept for like twenty five minutes, and he didn't, and he left before me. And I remember I went by him like a train at one point because he just hadn't stopped, whereas I just had that cat nap and just felt so much stronger. And he was just really struggling, and I think he might have stopped out there to have a nap. So yeah, you just you just need to use the checkpoints. The, yeah. It's not just it's not a pit stop. It's uh, it's it's way more substantial than that because there's a long time between checkpoints. You know, you're talking like 50 miles, and 50 yeah. miles on the Pennine Way is a long way. <laughs> Yeah. 50 miles on the Pennine Way equates to how many miles on a normal way? What's the equation? 200, I think. 200, right, <laughs> okay. Four times. Um, I think, um, on a, you know, if you're moving at like three miles an hour on the Pennine Way, that's like you're right up there. Right. It's just it's just slow going. Um, it's. Uh, I think I was so glad that I got to do the Reckies last time because it's like no other place that I've ever been on you know there's no rhyme or reason to the navigation there's a lot of really muddy fields farmland those flagstones that are super slippy and you know you're carrying a really heavy pack so um yeah you don't go anywhere fast that's for sure hey um I listened to a recent podcast a pile on ultrapod recently with yourself James and Paul speaking about yeah. winter winter training yeah did did you heed your own advice because you, you, you gave out some absolute belting uh, advice in that podcast about I don't know what did I say <laughs> about no about keeping your gloves dry and socks and the socks yeah. you were wearing and keeping your feet yeah. dry and all the dry management yeah yeah I definitely did so things so much better this time and it was just addressing things as and when they came they you know they popped up um so yeah just keeping things dry changing at every checkpoint um yeah my feet because I knew exactly what worked last time with my feet um, and I wanted to just stick to that because I didn't want any blisters and any foot issues because, you know, there was a lot of people with foot issues and that must be utterly excruciating, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I I think um, I managed myself a whole lot better, that's for sure. Yeah, And that was only because I learned from the mistakes I made the first time around. Yeah, well, again, it's just learning. It's always learning, isn't it? Yeah. I know, it does sound that classic race that you need to do it twice doesn't it to master, to master the yeah. conditions no just the conditions like that, sure. yeah. well every race I do is like that to be honest <laughs> that's how I, but also that's how I never go back back for weeks yeah see when you're talking about and I know we spoke away at the start about you had a wee bit well a wee bit swelling on your, your maybe your ankles and your feet how have your feet recovered I mean were they blistered bad or nope didn't have a single brilliant. blister awesome Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Can I ask a swanky question? Yeah. Yeah. You, did you wear your Scots? Yep. Uh, I wore yes. a brand new box fresh pair. Um, the whole way. Super Track Three. Super Tracks RC. Super Tracks RC. Okay. I was zooming in. Same yeah. shoes. Same shoes, start to finish. Yeah. Brilliant. There's a good. <clears throat> 
good location yeah. for the. I was going to like take a picture of them and just like tag Scott and go. I can't believe the state of these. I've only worn them once. <laughs> Brilliant. Although to be fair, I'm not going to lie, they're still out in the porch. I haven't cleaned them. <laughs> it's one of those Tell things. I keep, I keep looking at them and go, oh, maybe I should just leave. Get them framed. Get them I mean, Marco to got... clean them up. Are you joking? Marco just casually leaves them about because he knows I clean them. <laughs> right. right. Was there a point where elation came over you and you knew that you'd nailed it? Was there a bit in there that you knew I've got this? Not until the end. Because as I know, so many things could happen. Um, and especially in the last section when I knew that I was in a really bad way. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I had to work harder than I wanted to in the last few sections and um, I think that's why I was in such a state at the end to yeah. be honest because I had really kicked the arse out of it. Yeah so I, I wouldn't say there was at any point even like on the two miles to Kirkheatham I still didn't I, thought, I knew if I'd anything could happen. Yeah. So and you, no, you I didn't what? at any point think it was in the bag. The draw, the emotion at the end of seeing your husband and your boy what was that like for you yeah it was it was amazing um you know I remember I posted a video of last time um when I was saying goodbye to Karen at the start and uh it's hard I find it really hard to be away for that length of time because like I really miss him it's just when I get into those really dark bits and I really miss being away from him and I think Maybe he's just that wee bit older now and he's so much more independent, whereas before he was still two years younger, whereas now he's like high school swagger, pure attitude. Mm -hmm. So I knew he'd be fine. Um, but yeah, it's really nice like being away for so long um, and you've got that draw at the end to see them. And I phoned Marco like when I hit the road and I was like, you need to come out and see me. I'm in a bad way. You need to come out. And um it's, it's really funny because like they were both walking up the hill and Cairns just got so tall now and I just couldn't stop laughing because they look the exact same, they walk the exact same, they're just like this build, it's like, you remember that, that alien movie Mac and Me and it's like these really tall lanky things and that's just what they look like and I couldn't stop laughing when I saw them and then I got to the end and then I either thought I'd done really well or I had died because like my family were there, my siblings and my mum and yeah I mean they're all really they always support everything I do but mum doesn't drive anymore so she doesn't have that that freedom but my brother had said oh we'll need to go down and see them so I knew it was a big deal when they were there so it was uh yeah oh, it was yeah. amazing to see them but uh, yeah it was, it was definitely watching the, the video footage and stuff like that John and I were emotional imagine <laughs> oh. us again we like a wee greet so, yeah, oh, and I was sitting there getting held up by a plant pot. What a time. <laughs> Under the defib. <laughs> John Kelly's plant pot. There's been John a few good, I was going to say there's been a few good bums on that plant pot, but I mean that in the best possible yeah. taste. Yeah. Ah, bro, it's quite a famous plant pot, isn't it? Can I just thank Debbie for clarifying how to say Kirk Yatham? Well, I don't know if it's right. It could oh. be I don't know. I mean, it's Kirk Yatham or Kirk Yatham, but I'm just... I'm just Let's gonna go. go. I don't, don't care how don't, I don't care how MDL says it. Yeah. Right? Don't back See, the down, last double checkpoint, down. The last main checkpoint on you know, on paper, you'd think it was Bellingham, 
and it's not, it's Bellingham. They, that's how the locals pronounce it, and they will correct you if you pronounce it wrong. So I'm going to guess if you went to Kirkyetham that they would tell you how to say it properly. So don't, go, don't go with what I say. I'm never going there. I'm never ah, yeah. Yeah. I'll say Debbie said. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Muthal, the folk call it Mott Hill, you know, and there's loads of, what's the one on the West Highland Way? Okay. I call it Lundavra, I thought it says Lundavra. Lundavar or Lundavra. Mongavi, Mongai. Yeah, or it could be like Tindrum or Tindrum and then yeah. Mongai. Yeah, okay. Have we more to speak about, about the spine, Stephen? I know it's a wonderful thing. I, oh, well, I, I think, yeah, we could speak about the spine, I think, for two hours. And But I just, I think, well, I forgot to just say congratulations, right? Because, one, you fucking gave us a great week's entertainment. Oh, you're <laughs> awesome. Right, so that. Oh, I forgot to tell you. When I went into Alston with the lasagna, right, I went in and there was this lovely chap who came up and he was like, can I get you anything? And I had to go across the floor in the hostel and I was like, would you mind just going into my bag and getting my slippers? Because I had a lovely pair of star slippers, right? And uh, he came away and he says, I can't find them. And I said, they're right on the top. They've got stars on them. You won't miss it. And he came back and he says, do you know what? See if he'd said baffies? Baffies? Is that what Baffies, aye. I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, Tyrite Dictionary. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, if I tell the lads this is what happened, they will like piss themselves. Brilliant. So uh, it was just like, and he kept on about the podcast. And I was like, oh, wait till I tell them they will absolutely, I can't remember. I never even got his name. He probably did tell me his name, but he was like, so lovely and um so obviously he listens to your podcast so Brilliant. i just want to say thank you to the chap nelson who got my slippers and was so kind to me and, and called them baffies if you're listening in get in touch <laughs> with us and we'll send you some stickers because we love exactly. you exactly and he needs to post in what his dialect dictionary is aye we'd even give him a song on the playlist that's how that's how much <laughs> oh like yeah that, that, that would be it that would be it <laughs> wow. well, is that too far Stephen? is that all right no, no, that's quite all right. <laughs> We're all right. We didn't speak about this in our pre-meeting, but it's fine, John. Sorry, I get excited and do things like that. You do. Reckless. Reckless, John. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, congratulations, Debbie. I think it's just, like, what a start to the year. And the spine race is the type of race, I think, that through at the end of the year, in December, when it's like, well, what was the big achievements for 2022? And there's that sort of, what's it, that recency bias, you know, when you just think about yeah. stuff for October onwards. Saying here and now that this is the performance of 2022 already, it's not even the end of January for me. Yeah. Boom. So and at our award ceremony, Debbie, might, she, she can maybe get dressed up. Come <laughs> and get a reward. Aye, exactly. Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I think even in like you know, I've talked about the fact that I've been running for twenty years, and this is definitely right up there. Well, you know, um, you know what, Debbie, I was looking at your stats. I'm not saying I've got them saved in my favourites, but I was looking at them right earlier on. You've had a number of really good podium places, a number of and load of firsts, but I think the way that this one worked out and given where you are to finish first female to finish seventh overall in the spine race is fucking phenomenal absolutely yeah. phenomenal it's so. just like it's been crazy it's been Aye. like 
Honestly, I would yeah. never have believed in a million years. So, yeah, it's been wild. But, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful of all the support that I had um, and all the people who helped me out there. And, uh, you know, the people I ran with and the people and the checkpoints and the volunteers and the organisers. It's just, there's so much that goes into that race to yeah. help lunatics like me uh, <laughs> do things like that. And, um yeah, it's just, it's a magical, it's an amazing experience. And I was just so thankful that the way that I mentally dealt with it, I think that was definitely what got me through it because I was just, I was so content and so happy um, and just enjoying it and embracing things. Whereas I thought going back to it, it would be harder because I've already done it and, you know, who needs to do these things again? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was it was easier because I really could handle things that were thrown at me. I didn't get frustrated. I didn't get annoyed. Um, you know, there was very few points where I just felt like really low or really negative. So I think um, it was nice to be that because, you know, I did Lakeland last year um, and I found that mentally really tough. I really struggled. I just didn't want to be there. I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I wasn't enjoying my race. I enjoy the whole Lakeland experience. You guys know it's it's phenomenal um but I was utterly convinced when I was doing Lakeland that I would never do another ultra again that's how bad it got Uh, I just thought my days of ultra running were completely over I just didn't have that motivation and that get up and go that I used to have and I really thought that was me um so yeah to come away from that and just feel so mentally strong and just enjoying what I do um it's really good. It's just given me so much more confidence as well. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm no spring chicken as well. I'm 46, and I just feel like yeah, but you, you know, know what? I've, I've still I've got a lot of years behind me as well. So, and my body's been through an awful lot. So yeah, just to come away from that and just enjoy the experience and enjoy what I do because that's why we do it because we love it, not because we like punishing ourselves. That's a bit But you know what, though, Debbie, yeah. You're saying there, you're saying you're 46, and we recently spoke with Nicola Duncan, who was waxing lyrical about the inspiration that you give out. And I loved Nicola's podcast. Uh, I absolutely loved it. She was she fantastic. She was talking about her first marathon. I was absolutely howling. You know, to have that amazing talent, because she's phenomenal, and she just has no idea how, you know, she plays down, oh, yeah, I just ran a 233 marathon. And it's just like... <laughs> unbelievable you know she's just like so humble has literally no idea how talented she is and how inspiring she is and the fact that she just turned up in a marathon and a pair of top top shorts and a <laughs> Casio watch and just had no uh, idea that she'd podium that was just a t-shirt. Oh, I could not stop laughing because right. I can just see her doing it because she's like a wee scatterbrain um but yeah absolutely she's just you know what, though, Debbie, I'm going to turn that mirror back to you about being humble and inspirational. And I think you do. And I think it's, it's almost like prophetic for Nicola when she was talking about how she looks up to you and admires what you do and that you're still doing and doing great things. And then you go and win the Buddy Spine Race, you know, so it's brilliant. Yeah, regardless I, did, of I age, did laugh because when you know, I, I just when Nicola's interview came out and uh, I was one Saturday night I'd been up in the Kilpatrick's and uh, the weather was awful and I was with Graham Conley for a few hours we met up and he was obviously had his spine pack and I was just miserable I just couldn't pull myself out of this really 
miserable dark place and it was so good that Graham was there because I would have jacked it it was just one of those nights where nothing was happening I couldn't even run with the pack and it was just so miserable and so wet and then Nicola came on and she was like she's just so happy and she just looked so and Graham's like she didn't see you on Saturday night (laughs) (laughs) that's so true I was like Graham you get the authentic version (laughs) no she was brilliant she was brilliant oh I loved that absolutely loved that yeah, and well, and you say you're 46, good vintage, by the way. But what part of Nicola was saying was that longevity, and, and and that's what she is shaping her path on as well. So you know, it's yeah, it's it's all relevant, and yeah, for for the times Nicola by a hundred, a thousand. That's the you know the knock-on effect, the ripple effect that what you're doing yeah, is having another. Yeah, I just, uh, I want to keep going for as long as I can. I want to be that person holding up the cut-offs at the checkpoint because this wee 70-year-old woman. Getting the lasagna. The last bit of the lasagna is Make sure I need them before John gets there. Or <laughs> the edge where all the cheese is melted. Oh, the crusty yeah, bit. I'm going ah, for the nine, the nine, the nine portions. Um, <laughs> but you know what, I, I do want to run forever and I do want to be... Um, in the position where I can enjoy the outdoors maybe it's not running maybe it's just hiking or cycling or just yeah I always want to be physically able to just enjoy the great outdoors because that's where I'm happiest yeah. and I think um, well I wish you health and happiness to do that because I know you, you and your family you all love being outside so it's great you can do these things together isn't it so yeah brilliant but you know what speaking about being inspirational for other people there's also the bit about managing other people that can maybe this is I do love a segue, right? So this maybe <laughs> takes seamless. this maybe takes us into, if you don't mind, Stephen, we could talk about the Anglo Celtic play. You asking me for permission? I know. Yes. It would be like I think people would be concerned if you didn't mention the Anglo Celtic play. They'd think it'd been cancelled. They'd be googling it. I know. <laughs> I know. But you know what? Thirty third April. <laughs> Is it the 3rd of April? Uh, you can still it's my sign birthday up. on the 4th of April, by the way, so you better bring the cake. So people should be bringing cake, balloons and cards. This is the official <laughs> shout-out for cards for Debbie Martin Consani. Exactly. Debbie's um, birthday is the 4th of April. So are yeah. you going to be involved this year, Debbie? Yes, I am back to being team manager, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. Um, this will be my third outing. Um, I love it. Absolutely love it. It's great to work with the team um as you know they're a great bunch of guys and girls and um yeah it's just it's just really good fun i love it i love it they keep me on my toes for a couple of days and um yeah i just i just really enjoy doing it i really enjoy it um they make it easy for me because they're so talented so yeah i think last time when we were in perth we got five out of six podiums so um Mm. let's go for the six this time oh yeah Right, and I think you talk. Love it. Last time, let's think about it. Last time in Perth, was there four teams or was it three teams? There was obviously Scotland, England, Ireland were there. Was there a Welsh team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was four. There was four nations were represented. Yeah. So far, um, Steve and I keep a very close eye on team reveals and all that sort of stuff. So there's a Northern Irish team. Well, we spoke with Carla. Carla's coming across. Yeah, yeah. I listened to to her. She's great. And then we've seen just in the last week, the team from Ireland or Southern Ireland, they've announced their team yeah. as well. 
Darren's kidding on that the English are going to reveal their team soon. He's trying to, try to play the teasing game, right? But we, we've got our eye on him. Kidology. I, uh, kidology stuff. Thinks he's Alec Ferguson or something. And then we've got, we're waiting on the Welsh. Hopefully the Welsh will be sending the team. Yep. Yep. Like that. So it is going to be a phenomenal yeah, and I think there's loads of people in the open race as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, and hopefully we'll have a nice home crowd. But, yeah, I think the whole profile of the race has just been raised quite substantially in the last couple of years. So, yeah, um, yeah it'd be good. And I'd love to see some people come and try it out and, uh, you know, with a view to looking for a team vest as well. So, um, you know, when we're looking for selection, there, yeah, it's, it's quite subjective, but you know, one of the key indicators is having that recognised time on a road 50k or 100k. So, do you know, if there's anyone listening who would quite fancy themselves in a international vest, get yourself along to Perth, because we would love to see people coming oh. along and towing the line and just putting themselves out there. Look <laughs> at Especially some women. If we could get some women out there doing 50ks and 100k, and just uh, seeing, see how they do, that would be, uh, yeah, I'd love Fiona. to see that. Fiona! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your wife's really nifty, isn't she? You have to think, come along 50k, 100k. I think um, that offer, do you know, it's like, but you're also then getting exposed to the guys who are running for their country as well. So it's not as if it's a dress rehearsal or anything you're participating in, you're alongside them. And that is so inspiring mm-hmm. in itself. I think even if you're coming along, if you're no running, great if people are coming to run, but even if you're coming along, have a nosy, watch what happens, watch the race management or how the people are taking on nutrition and hydration and what they're doing and how the elites just watch them run. It's absolutely a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. And I think uh, in these races, the deeper the field and the higher the performance, it just pulls everyone along. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I would love to yeah. see people come along and just uh, give it a go. Yeah, entry's still open. Yeah, I'll just come along and enjoy it. Because, you know, if you can come along and run with five international teams in the same course, it's uh, it's phenomenal. It's really good. It's a real privilege and opportunity, and it's there. So I think when I I scan my eyes every now and again down the 50k, 100k open entry lists, you know, and I'm seeing more and more familiar names, and I'm really excited about just like meeting all these people who have either connected with us on Instagram or Twitter or on the podcast and things like that as well. It's going to be great. And then all you guys, oh, John will probably come bust. I know. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And you I know hope what? you're doing some uh, live podcasting on the day. Oh, well, I think we'll have to do something. Yeah. Well, before I start I'm running, before the 50k starts. So oh, you're doing we'll the 50k? Be... I'll right. take over for you. No bother. I'm not doing any running that day. So I'll run and speak. Yeah. John's introducing all the hundred Kers, like you know, did you hear that like Super Bowl style? We've not got confirmation for Adrian, but he's not asked, so last, but it's only happening so, in your head, right? Assuming, yeah, so you'll hear Stephen and I, we'll be at the far side of the end shouting, and here they come. Oh, God help not, any men that are in the Bell Sports Centre changing news. You'll be shouting them down the corridor. Be brilliant. Well, not quite brilliant, sound quite as chuchtery as what John just sounded there. <laughs> no, right. You might need no, to no. Get some like the high on games. <laughs> exactly. I'm up the high though. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and all the English no. people are like, what does he say? <laughs> no, it'd be awesome. Speak in English. Uh, we've actually was... had a few people who, as Stephen has said, listen to the podcast that are saying they're coming from all over. Hmm? You know, there's folk from England coming up, there's folk from up north coming down. Because you, you guys are the ambassadors of the ACP. Well, she say you. that, John. Right. Oh, that's exactly. Is that an official tag? I mean, that you were fishing a... for it anyway, so I felt Hash, like I had to. Hashtag, hashtag ambassadors, influencers. Influencers. Augmenters. ACP influencers with a Z. <laughs> oh, the Anglo-Saxon cup. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my mate, John. I know you calls it. That, that angle sacks. Anyway, you'll know what I mean. Brilliant. But that's good because that's a, a shift of mindset for you. Do you welcome that shift of mindset, Debbie, from yeah, away from your own race management, yeah. but you're doing something else with other I people? I just love everything to do with running. So, yeah. you know, uh, I coach the juniors, I now coach some ultra runners, I'm Scotland team manager, still run myself. Yeah. Got a day job. Got a day job, got a family. <laughs> Don't Aye. sleep. Um, yeah. So, uh, you mentioned you mentioned about coaching ultra runners, and we've seen on the social media stuff that you're you're teamed up with Pylon. You're a coach yeah. for Pylon Ultra now. How's that going? Yeah, it's going really well. You know, I've been coaching a few people in a kind of informal way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you spoke to Jillian, um, so I've been coaching her for a couple of years, and yeah, Sorry, more... Jillian, Jillian spoke to us. We just sat and listened to each other. Well, that was just cool. Just wrapped up pressure. But yeah, yeah sorry. Was just, uh, yeah, I, it was funny because like, Jillian's like, I'm dead nervous. And then she was like, 400 words a minute the whole way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the fact that she just wrapped the piss out of Stephen. Um, uh, that's fine. That's so yeah, I, I guess it was just more informal, whereas now I have a structured part of the support network and pylon uh-huh. as well. So yeah, I mean, it's all very new. I've only started to couple of months ago so yeah uh-huh. and obviously I coach the juniors uh the endurance group at Garsky Harriers so we've got a few well they're really fast they're ridiculously fast teenagers and um, mm-hmm. so we've got a few people who are working their way through the Scotland and GB qualifying and stuff so I what, do that as well so you see the juniors Debbie what what's the age group there what's the range I think uh, the, the range is probably from about 13 there's only a few 13 year olds to be honest right up to about 18 yeah, so I would say they're more like late teens than they are early teens, but there is a couple of younger ones there. Yeah, so they go out and they'll do like five, six miles with, you know, high intensity reps as well. So um, they've been, they've, you know, they've got some conditioning in their legs. They're really well established athletes. So Brilliant. it's not like herding cats running around after eight year olds. You know, they're very uh, motivated and committed and very talented. So disciplined. 100% disciplined. Do you still wear a gas scoop vest yourself? Hey, I do. Um, yeah, gas scoop's my club. Will always be my club. I don't race in the vest very often. I don't train with them very often because I, the time I, I use to coach the kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I go along to the occasional cross country um, for some real self-harming. And uh, if I do a road race, I'll wear the gas scoop vest. But I don't really train with them anymore, right, okay. unfortunately. Just the way that my work and training schedule and... Yep various other life things I just don't have that opportunity to train with them yeah I met a boy recently at the Meadows in Edinburgh a boy Jim Boyle I think he runs with gas oh Jim he's a legend he's a, I love Jim we only, I think we only, he's a fan of your podcast as well right I think well we, we only shared a few words but we sort of clicked on the Meadows that day and it was only a few words but yeah he's been 
send the messages to the podcast uh, yeah, socials as well. He's a great guy. guy, lovely guy. Absolute legend of a guy. He does everything. Yeah. With me fucking standing as well on the map. But anyway, <laughs> John got a top ten that day. Uh, ten. <laughs> <laughs> was there ten people oh. in the race? Aye. <laughs> there was, aye, because Katrina, the organiser, never ran. Or they'd been 11th, so there you go. No, it was good. Ben, so, I would say that. You know, you know, yeah. you know what, though? It was a good, a good day out because I think it was on a Tuesday, I think, to do it on the med, in the Meadows. We did it other days. But I was just, I was going through to visit my brother in Musselboro, and I thought, the Meadows is on halfway, more than halfway through. But I thought, it's a 5K there. How not do it? So other people should be doing these kind of things. It's just go and do it. You know, it's yeah. good fun. Good fun. So, um, sorry, I digress. It's all right. Yeah. So the 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 training peaks thing that you now are at the other end of. So I'm also on the receiving end of that from um, the handsome Bob, and um, that's changed things for me in the way that I consume my weekly training schedules. I never had to consume them before. I just made them (laughs) up as I went along. Um, For a coach's perspective, is that do it because I think to myself, I'm trying to make somebody proud. <laughs> Weirdly, do you know, it's almost like it's a teacher pupil relationship type yeah. thing going on here. Yeah, and, it just and, makes you accountable, yeah. Yeah, and if you let somebody down, you're, you know, you're letting somebody down, do you know, if you then turn your session green and stuff. But when it does go, it's like you're programming something. I'm getting to my point. <laughs> and then you're watching the program work by them fulfilling what what you say does that then give you a good feeling if that makes sense yeah absolutely I always love to help people and especially when they start achieving their goals and do you know my big thing is like I always believe in people way more than they believe in themselves um Mm -hmm. and I like to instill that in people um you know, there's a guy, Davey, that I've been coaching for a few years now and uh, when I first started working with him and I was like, I know you can run a sub three marathon. And he hasn't had the opportunity because we went into lockdown. But it took me so long to get him to believe it. And then he did really believe it because somebody else believed in him and gave him the tools to be able to do that. And it was not because it wasn't in there. It just his training wasn't structured. You know, it was a bit erratic. He was probably doing like back-to-back sessions and then just running with his pals and doing whatever he wanted. And he just needed clear structure and for someone to believe what was already in there and bring it out. Um, So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. Um, You know, he was smashing everything. You know, he was taking chunks off his half marathon, his 10K and his 5K. Not because I gave him any special power it was all in there it just needed pulled out and it needed coaxed out and um structured properly um so yeah he was going absolutely leaps and bounds and I'm you know everyone I work with is just is brilliant so there's a guy that um I work with who who started from scratch you know he um he had never run before he was approaching 50 he won't even mind me saying this as a guy, Phil, um, and he, he was an alcoholic. He was overweight. His wife had gone to Australia with his kids and he just got to like a crossroads in his life where he could have went down a really, really dark route. And he came and asked me to help him start running. And he's just completely transformed his his life. You know, he's now doing ultras 
he's like training to run the South Downs Way. Um, so to be like an alcoholic chain smoker had so many stress, you know, and that heartbreak of losing his family and he's now remarried to the most wonderful woman and he's the most spiritual, happiest, you know, he helps out a homeless shelter. He's just, he's an absolute, he's so inspiring to me. Um, and, you know, he's always like really thankful and he goes on about how I inspire him, but he's just, the way that he's changed his life is so inspiring. And to be able to just be a small part of that just brings so much. It's just, it means everything. It means everything to me. I, I can tell that by the way you've just told us that. That, that that's something that's making you really proud and yeah. well done Phil and Davy and fingers crossed for that sub three. Davy uh, kind of rhymes with Stevie, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's a sign. Stevie boy. Uh, Sounded you know very familiar. I think um, both of these people sound very inspirational, and I love I love hearing stories like Phil because you know what? There'll be absolutely thousands of Phils. Out yeah there. but the thing is like he's just like everyone in my office now is like look at phil look what he's doing now and he's Aye. just not even like his fitness and everything but his mindset has completely yep. changed you know he's just yep. like he's just so happy and so yeah he's just a phenomenal guy and i'm so incredibly proud of him brilliant so am i i'd even care i was nearly greeting when you were speaking about phil and with davy <laughs> I'm wondering, is was there a light bulb moment with Davy? You mentioned that he's. Do you know what? He just had to believe it himself, and it all came Aye. together when the training was starting to come together, and he was like, "I can do this." And yeah, yeah, he was he was in for Manchester Marathon, and then we went into lockdown, and he's had you know a few physical issues, and he's just came out of COVID and stuff, and we'll, we'll get there. It's all in there. We just need to, yeah. It's uh, he's just he's an amazing guy. Um, yeah. He will do it. I know he will. Brill. Imagine him, Debbie Martin Cansani is your coach. I don't take no bullshit, that's why. Oh, fuck it. No, Sorry, I'm starting to swear. No time um, for excuses. You do no. or you don't. <laughs> well, and folk need that. Tough work shit, man. Can I ask Debbie one coaching question? Yeah. It's not actually a direct coaching question. I don't know how Bob will deal with that. It's not about training peaks. It's about tapping into some of your knowledge and experience me and everybody else running this weekend have had to run in a huro of wind right and i look at the forecast for the next sorry some amount of wind (laughs) (laughs) and i look at the forecast like for the next two weeks and it's like windy every day Mm. wind running tips for debbie well you know what you could try and work with the wind you know there is there is that but um you know there is going to be a lot of times where it's windy and uh do you know what you just got to work with effort just take the pressure off yourself if you've got a session and you think you're going to run six minute miling and you're not going to run six minute miling in a headwind there's going to be an impact but as long as the effort's there mm-hmm. then it's fine that's all you need it's not about the pace that you can run into a wind it's about the effort that you need and when it's not windy it all just comes together and some savvy route planning is that okay you know what play play it into your favor you know you know what direction the wind's going um it never ever happens that you get a tailwind though does it but you know what make it easier on yourself try and find somewhere a little bit sheltered or that'll yeah. do me thank you very much but also, <laughs> like sometimes if it's really windy 
you know, do hill reps instead of intervals. Because oh. the hill reps, you don't really, I don't know, maybe you look at your pace. I don't. When I do hill reps, it's all about effort because hills are all different sizes and different terrains. So I'm not thinking I need to hit a certain pace when I'm going up a hill. So, yeah, do hill Adapt. reps instead of, yeah. I'll tell you something. Thank you. Talking about hills, I was in Glasgow on Friday night. I heard this. Did you get the meat sweats? Oh, fuck. That Viva Brazil man. It was metal. They never brought me a fucking coaster. You meant to turn it over so it goes red, so you know what any mere. I want to hear a wee break. No pig tarts. Didn't they give me a coaster? So they just kept piling it on. Did you hide your coaster? I'm like, just put it in your pocket. Bring it on. My wife was saying, Where's the coaster? I was like, I don't know. But they're bringing me their meat, just batter in. I don't know, but, might be in my back pocket. But see when, <laughs> didn't he, oh, didn't he mention that? See when um, <laughs> we then went to King Tut's, right? There's some fucking big hills in Glasgow, eh? For doing hill reps. Yeah, Jesus, there's a few in this year. I know where you're going because I know the route you would have gone. Um, Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, there is a few, but there are a few sharp, it's not like Edinburgh. There's only a few kind of short, sharp ones. But there's mm-hmm. not that many hills, unfortunately. Right. Listen, I've got to ask this question because I'll, I'll forget this as well. You mentioned earlier on, 46 years old, right? Mm-hmm. What challenges Debbie for the future? What's going to, what's, what's on your playlist? Well, guys, exciting news. I just found out an hour ago that I got into bad water. Go on yourself, man. Sick. That's oh. a- Look, my hairs and my arms have just stood up. We'll hate to, Steve, we'll hate to put this out live right after this. <laughs> I, I don't, don't tell a soul until Friday. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know how many people entered it, but it's a massive I guess there was quite a lot of people entered it. What? And they only have 100 places, and 50 of those places were already allocated to people who'd rolled over because they couldn't <laughs> travel. So when he started on, there was like one of those live things. So and it's an invitational. It's not names in a hat. Mm-hmm. So you've got to submit a CV. So I was like uh, just watching it and listening. And uh, was yeah. it live? Yeah. And he was. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to play this for you guys. See if we can get it to come across. I'm 46, by the way. And then I fainted. Oh, <laughs> and then I thought, Brilliant. fuck, I'm ginger. I don't belong at Death Valley. <laughs> oh, man, so I'm just trying. Uh, when is that? This year? Uh-huh. July 11th. Wait, right. Could you just, for the benefit of people who don't know what bad water is, tell us what bad water is? It is in uh, Nevada, so in Death Valley, just outside Las Vegas. And it's 135 miles on a road that um, has a reputation for melting your trainers. I'll not be going schwankers. <laughs> oh, man. Brilliant. Proper hardcore. It's, yeah, it's like 50 degrees. And it's a point to point. Yeah. And it's got like 14,000 feet of climbing in it, I think. Maybe I more. Mostly uphill. Whitney. Yeah. And it's 50 Wow. Degrees. Well, the fact it runs through Death Valley... Mm-hmm. Right, and oh, I'm blown away by this. You could have given us a wee bit of pre-warning, man. That's I know, a wee bit ahead. I was still like, trying to get my head around that. So a this is July 11th, July the 11th to the 13th. 
this summer. Yeah. Debbie's going to Badwater. Oh, brilliant, man. Yeah. Kind of like from one extreme from the spine to Death Valley. <laughs> the temperature spectrum. Are you? So like, like obviously, Paul Giblin has been coaching me for since 2015. Right. And uh, he's always going on about how erratic my schedule is. So, like, I finished UTMB and I was like, that wasn't for me. I'm training for a marathon now. He's just like, <laughs> and then I was doing a 24 hour race. And I'm like, seven weeks after my 24 hour race, I'm going to do Tour de Gion. So he just sits there, like, I don't even know what to do with this word, bird. And uh, so I just text him. <laughs> so sorry, Paul. I text him that clip. Oh, oh, Paul will love that. Paul will love that. What, no. an, like, what an experience, though, eh? Because you're right in there with... You're right in the thick of it. Do you know what I mean? Well, do you know what? I think because I wanted to get into Western States mm-hmm. this year and I didn't get in. And I always said if I got into Western States, I wouldn't do the spine race because it just takes too much out of you. So now I'm super glad I didn't get into Western States because I had the most amazing experience in the spine. And now I've got the opportunity to do bad water. So you know what? See, out of disappointment some amazing opportunities arise right Superb. so mm. yeah that's amazing I've, news it is brilliant and if, for those that have never really maybe if you haven't heard the bad water we'll post something in the show notes about because there's loads of videos about you on youtube about bad water but i mean it's one of the iconic races in the world yeah. apparently if you google bad water one of the first questions that come up is has someone ever died running bad water <laughs> I think when I started reading books and watching videos, it was guys like that Dean Karnazes and Scott Jurek and all the were telling stories about bad water, you know, and about the melting of your shoes on the, the road and the heat. Folk running in white suits to reflect the heat. And, I know. Oh, baby, you're going to be there. This is brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's that, well, there you go. What a summer holiday that's going to be. I know. I, was, I only decided, like, uh, after I did the spine, I was like, maybe I could do it this year. I was, uh, this is going to sound, like, massively wanky, but I may as well tell you guys. But after the race, I was, like, scrolling on my Instagram, and I was like, Badwater are following me on Instagram. <laughs> so I ran out to tell Marco. I was like, this is it. They're only following a few hundred people, and they've started following me. So, and then I went out one day, because he's got one of these swanky art garden rooms, and I went out and I was like, can I apply for bad water? And he's just like, oh my God, what? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem, free holiday for me. I was like, yeah, I forget that. <laughs> so, Get the flights booked. Brilliant. Oh, man. So, oh, yeah, I'm quite exciting. It's quite, I honestly can't, hasn't quite sunk in. I bought a book on bad water in 2013, and I still haven't read it. So I better dust that off. Right. Definitely. And what, Debbie, you're going to write your own chapter in that book. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> did, did TRS know this? Uh, TRS, they knew I'd applied for it, so they haven't. They, they didn't. <laughs> Puff my chest out. Well, do you know what? There was the opportunity to get in before TRS, but obviously, John's social schedule was far too. You know so what, though, Debbie? <laughs> sometimes opportunity presents. Have the advantageous things well there you go out of disappointment comes opportunity that's what i meant to say but i get my words like a fuddled <laughs> right oh that's now oh, yeah. stephen put out a post just to wrap this up right yep. wrap us up stephen put out a post this week about we've we've invited some pylon coaches 
to suggest tracks for our new LaBeouf mm-hmm. Buff Collection Volume 1 Spotify playlist. And since we're... No- are we going to ask Debbie to nominate another tune, Stephen? I think seeing she won the spine, I think I think we could do. Are you going to ask me on the spot? Aye. In a minute, right? Okay, but no right now, so just put I... that in the back of your head and start thinking about it. She's on but Spotify, the new going mostly. You could probably, you could, no, you could no, probably, no, no, We would take your top ten, Debbie, actually. Yeah, after that news, we'd take your top ten, no bother. But what I want to speak to you about is we're going to do a big reveal that you chose an Amy McDonald track for your yep. for your first nomination. Do you want to speak a wee bit about that track? I had never heard it before. I thought I'd heard most of Amy McDonald stuff, and if not all of it, but it's absolutely brilliant. The lyrics in it are fantastic. So what does it mean to you, that song? Yeah, it's uh, Life in a Beautiful Light, um, which I think I love the lyrics. Um, it's got a good wee pace on it. So if I'm doing a wee run, it just it makes me happy. It reminds me of my two pals, Sharon and Kaz, and it just it just reminds me of good times. I love the lyrics. I love Amy McDonald. She's from Glasgow. Um, I was going to go and see her on December the 18th, and then they had to, she had to cancel because Omicron kicked in. So I'm going to see them with Sharon and Kaz on the 18th of March, and I'm so excited about that. But I just love Amy McDonald. Um, she's yeah, she's just amazing. Brilliant. Super talented. We went to see it. Stephen was there, the same gig. We went to see, she played at Schoon Palace a couple of years ago. It was a BBC oh, wow. big session or something. And who was the headline act? No Gallagher um, or something. Hi, hi, fine birds, yep. But Amy McDonald was the best act all day for me. She yeah. was absolutely phenomenal. I went to Kim, see her at the ABC in Sucky Hole Street. It was like quite an intimate gig and it was amazing. Aye. Amazing. So I'm really excited I'm, about seeing her. I love, I love the way that specifically Scottish artists, and I'm thinking like the Proclaimers and Amy McDonald, they leave that wee Scottish lull or twang when they're singing, and it just makes it really, really special. Maybe for, I don't know, ho- hopefully for everybody, but I just really resonate with that, you know. Yeah, it's that. like Paolo Nettini as well. He's just yep. got that wee twang, and Biffy Clyro, yep. you can hear it, and I love it. Yeah, it stirs something within you, and I think that life in a beautiful light, I, I listened to it walking down Canoe Hill in Perth one day, and I was like, Hell, what a tune that is! It's absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much for bringing no that to to us. Do you have another one you'd like to chip in? Get in the ring, Guns and Roses. Oh, talk about spectrums. Amy McDonald yeah. to Axl Rose, man. Right. Get in the ring, motherfucker, and I'll kick your bitchy <laughs> little ass, punk. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was speaking to Graham Conlon there for a minute. Sometimes you just need to be a bit fired up. Brilliant. Oh, man. That's, that's like about 20 songs. <laughs> on the playlist, including Grant McDonald's 13-minute yeah. Nigerian pop funk or something. Oh, my goodness. That's two reveals. That's two, two coaches. Two coaches being revealed, but that's okay. I'm sure Grant won't mind. Grant won't mind. You can tell he's a 24-hour runner with that yeah. song choice. Honestly, man, it's like a metronome. <laughs> but um, it's, it's weirdly hypnotic. It's right. Is that one. one of those ones you just double tap your earpods? We'll just skip that one. Exactly. Actually, was it like the first two minutes of it, and then it's. Exactly yeah, it already doesn't sound like Mac and stuff. Bearing in mind, I listen to Taylor Swift on shuffle. I'm going to guess that, um, yeah. It, the Young Hearts Run Free playlist has something for all. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. 
it does now after the pylon coaches have thrown their hats in the ring. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can imagine the other guys will have something like deep and techno and. Mm. Oh, that's good. So that, go co- mainstream. that competition is still there's no competition. That teaser is still open for people to guess the other coaches and the, yeah. the, the music selections. So, but you know what? Listen, Debbie, Stephen, will we wrap this up? I think we've taken yeah. up enough yeah. of Debbie's time. We could speak, and we will definitely speak again if you're willing to about the build up to Badwater and oh why. I'm already trying to work out. I've got a treadmill in my garage. I'm trying to work out how I can convert my garage into a heat chamber. Blast <laughs> on her. I know. Yeah. Getting, a, getting a wee sort of fan heater for Aldi and leaving it on all day is no quite yeah. going to work. I texted the uh, pylon coaches and I was like, oh my God, I texted them a little video clip and they're like, uh, you working at how to get a sauna in your house? I was like, I need to sell my house to afford it. <laughs> <laughs> God, there's going to be some pile in action in the um, United States this summer, eh? Didn't yeah. they have? Aye, JC's going over to do Western States, isn't he? So. Yeah, and Paul's doing something as well. I'm yeah. not sure I'm allowed to say anything, so I better not. Yeah. I like He likes to go incognito. Aye, under yeah. the radar. He does. So. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. So, Can't wait. Loads, loads of stuff for us to speak about and um, get everybody... Enthralled, but before that, we've got the ACP in Perth on the third of April. Yes, yes. So, yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, we'll, we'll feature Debbie on the live broadcasts. No yeah, live, definitely. no. I don't think we'll put them out live. But you, no, know you can do I mean. some Instagram lives. Ah, we can do it. We, we are we'll do your reels like and all. Manager. I, she's all of a sudden. You get on with yourself, boys. You're fine. I'm busy here doing this. That's it. I'm your, I'll do your social media. <laughs> Wonderful man, Debbie. Again, congratulations on your amazing. Yeah, I know. We've really, well, really, really enjoyed this. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. I always feel uplifted after spending some time in your company. So thank you very much for this evening, Stephen. I'll hand over. No, just echo exactly that, Debbie. Thanks for making the time to speak to us, and also just that congratulations couldn't be bigger um what an awesome achievement and it's been inspiring speaking to you so thank you very much thank you it was nice to speak to you both again